0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment. So let me tell you before we get into, I don't want to, you know, uh, run my mouth too long. I don't know that I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a guy who can just, uh, I'm not a Phil Hendry over here. I can't run it. I can't do a show by myself. Uh, we have guests. We will get to them but uh, uh, I have to get some business out of the way. Very exciting, exciting business. We love our sponsors. Uh, this episode of course is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only five ninety nine dollars a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Now, what they got going on right now, they got some Really interesting stuff. One that's really caught my interest is a series they're 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 doing. There's a couple films available already, and they'll be they'll be rolling out uh, over the next few weeks called uh, New Argentine Cinema. Uh, and this is uh, this is right in the movie wheelhouse for those of you for whom Argentinian movies like How Ha and the Headless Woman that's too mainstream for you, you know that's all over you know that's 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 that, that, that's uh you know nickelodeon kids choice awards type of material as far as you're concerned they've got what they're calling the B side of the new wave of Argentine cinema. So, um, uh, a lot of great, uh, really cool Argentinian movies, um, are going to be available, are already available and are going to be available in weeks to come on, on Mubi. Um, that's why we love these guys, uh, over at Mubi. Um, and there's also a special offer for listeners of battleship Retention. You can try movie free for a month. Just go to movie.com That's M U B I.com slash battleship to redeem now and I also want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds and a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great and they sound great uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day as do many of you at this point um, and they're available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you hold on a second don't get too over over eager if you if you are willing to put in a little bit of extra work and use the offer code pretension at checkout you'll get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension.
1: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
0: All right, that's out of the way. We're all set. I don't know. Uh, let's, I'm just going to run in uh, headlong head into this, introducing our guests. Uh, you know, our, 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 my, our, to my left is a longtime friend of the show, former contributor to the website, now uh, bigwig over there, at Nerdist.com. It's Kyle Anderson. Hi, hi, David. Good, no, to, uh, good to have you. What? <laughs> good to have. I think I have oh, no. you, my yeah, friend. I don't know what's um, going on. And now, <laughs> to my right, from Entertainment Weekly. It's Kyle Anderson.
1: Yeah, how about what? this? Yeah, this. I
0: also have a giant wig. I
1: think we can point that out. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> come on, man. Yes, you're you're also a big wig. Um, and this is uh, uh, this is I, I think this is sort of a conceptual in joke of a podcast
1: episode. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a show that will be appreciated by about four people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but those four people are going to be really into it. And this is sort of a sequel to the Jake Thomas episode, where right? You guys had my friend Jake on. Yeah. And 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 your name came up, and he said, oh, I happen to be staying with Kyle Anderson." And then the uh, the world split apart, sure. and I think <laughs> we all drift into a parallel dimension. But yeah, so uh, so this is the, the long awaited sequel to that show.
0: Yeah, but uh, thank you guys both for being here. Of course, thank you guys both for being Kyle's Anderson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that had, like as soon as that Jake Thomas. Or I think it was after you, Kyle. And now I have to figure out how for the listeners I'm going to distinguish. <laughs> so E W Kyle, yes. That sounds like a romance novel (laughs) author or something.
1: Uh, (laughs) Um,
0: I like that. Um, I'm just over here ripping bodices. Yeah. (laughs) I think after you tweeted at us about it, uh, I said to Tyler, I was like, we have to do this episode, if only so we can name the episode, Kyle's Anderson. (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) Yeah. Mission accomplished. So here we go. Yeah. So thanks (laughs) you guys for listening. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, um, (laughs) Now let's, uh, you know, longtime listeners know you, Nerdist Kyle. Sure. Um,
2: so, uh, what's what's new with you? What's new with me? Well, now that Comic Con's over, uh, yeah, we, it, you know, and I've been sleeping again. Everything yeah. is fine. Um, yeah, mostly just that, like. Um, getting back to normal, I guess, sort of my girlfriend is, uh, has had surgery on her foot. So I've been taking care of her a lot. Ouch. Um, yeah. Um, don't ever like step badly off a curb and break a bone that you or a, a cartilage that oh. you don't need because you actually like, do need it to. Oh, it's, it's like one of th- mom when he tried to take her to the new house that he bought her and it caught fire and she fell off the curb. Sure. This had nothing to do with uh, lottery numbers though. Oh, okay. this was, I just, put in
1: there. are you sure? I,
2: well, she's, she maybe was like, lying to me <laughs> about that um, but yeah other than that uh, it was, so okay, it's been a little over a year since you've been on the show. Because is that you were true?
0: On, wow! I think the LA Film Fest 2016 wrap. That's the right. Last time you were on, man. So basically, in that year, your girlfriend broke her ankle.
2: Yeah, so that's about it. Okay. It was we it interestingly, it was right after LA Film Fest this year that yeah. that happened. So well, moral More the story.
1: Never go to LA Film. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Do you find, and maybe this is just because I'm aging very rapidly? Sure. That because I this was I I also was at Comic Con this year. I think it was my sixth in a. Row. Yeah, I think mine about that too. Do you find that At it becomes it, like your recovery time becomes longer and longer with each subsequent year? It seems
2: yes. I definitely think that it did. And uh I mean coming off of, cause the weekend right before Comic Con is when my girlfriend had her surgery, so uh that was a horrible experience and then basically did you perform the surgery is that why it was bad? well uh, uh sh- it, there were complications not with the surgery itself but with uh medicine that, okay. were, that they were giving to her so she was in a uh, horrible horrible pain and uh was nauseous for basically 72 hours oh, well. so basically the second that was over i uh that was up north and kind of near san francisco and then i came back uh, had nary a day to rest, and then okay. we were on the bus to Comic Con. So, but yes, in general, I do think that like more and more it's just like, uh, it's only four days, maybe five days, depending on how long you stay there. Uh, and and, and it's it just heavy, man, it it's takes a, a month, five like it's a month later, and I'm still like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I, I can't um, believe we did that. I did get uh, the 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 con cold afterwards this
1: year. the, I came down with something. That I will say this is the first time I have not gotten sick. Yeah. Coming yeah, I'm out not of not live, is yeah.
2: an amazing thing. I was mainlining like halls, the halls version of uh, airborne. I was just like every okay. couple, you know, half an hour I was taking one. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I'm I'm not getting sick as well as being Halls
0: tired. should make a comic con specific. They should. Brand. Oh yeah. Hall, oh, Hall, of course. Halls H. Um, <laughs> 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 what are you a marketing guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm look, I'm for hire. If Hall's wants to <laughs> take that, Um, They can have it. You'll
1: happily take 10%. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, EW, Kyle. uh, Now, the weekend before Comic-Con, Nerdist Kyle was obviously dealing with some shit. Did you happen to cover D23 as well? No, I was not at D23. Neither neither was I. I have friends who did both, and I don't understand.
1: I have have a friend uh, at EW who did D23, and then Comic-Con, and then came back from Comic-Con and and just wrapped TCA. And so she is... Yeah. Barely human. At this I'm point. sure. And cause her like, that's like, a, like basically a month of her yeah. life has just been listening and well, processing.
0: Yeah. I think I met someone at Comic-Con who was like, yeah, I was at a uh, Fantasia fest in Montreal,
2: then D23, then, then Comic-Con, which is good Lord. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. too, too much, mind. man. Yeah, It's
2: too much. It's yeah. And was it, was it last year? I think Wh- whenever the, yes, it was last year. Um, I went to star Wars celebration, uh-huh. in, which was in London. And it, this year it was in Florida. So I didn't go to that one, but, um, um because fuck Florida. Cause fuck Florida, sure, why would you want to go to Florida? Um, but it was a different month this year. It was like in March or something like that. But I, I want to say last year it was immediately after comic-con or right before I forget. I can never remember, but I, f- it feels like I went from comic-con directly to London for another convention. And, uh, don't do that. Yeah. Just don't do yeah, that. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do they do that to us? Also, uh, TCA anybody who doesn't know. It's the Television Critics Association. Uh, it's just press, press conferences galore. That lasts longer than SF Sketch Fest, right? Like, it, it
1: seems like it's, such a long. It's two and a half weeks. It's, it's so like 17 it days. It's twice a year, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is twice a year. I think, they're, thinking, I think it Maybe might be three, three? Times oh, oh three times a year now. I'm fairly certain they do it three times a year now.
0: Yeah. So it does. It is so when, I, when my Twitter feed feels like the TCS are always going yeah. on. That's <laughs>
1: that's it's pretty much true. Basically <laughs> true. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, now before we get too far down this path, whatever this path is, uh, EW Kyle, I want to get to
1: know you because we don't all know right, you fair. at all. And I want to ask you the question I always ask guests, which is, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, a town called South Windsor, Connecticut. It's uh, just outside of Hartford. Okay. It is. Uh, it th- is th- as of the whale. Uh he grew up a big fan of the Whale actually yeah. and it was a um, there was great sadness when the Whale moved away in 94 or 5. I can't remember when yeah when um, I was about that age I mean they uh they uh sucked and so that was that was a thing but yeah. uh, but then they moved away it was kind of a big deal but South Windsor is as sort of upper middle class and caucasian as it sounds yeah <laughs> <laughs> so no, It really sort of delivers everything it needs to in the Okay yeah. so it's not uh it's
0: it's it's not a um uh, stars Hollow uh, uh,
1: No No It's not uh, Not nearly as charming <laughs> <laughs> um, Is there a rivalry Between North Windsor And South Windsor uh, Well there is no North Windsor Which is <laughs> weird oh, you won. Which is we, Yeah a Victory for us yeah. <laughs> yeah. South Windsor Is actually south of There's a Windsor But we're actually south Of East Windsor Connecticut oh my god, you guys. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been. Don't go. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of confusion there. Just um, think of a different
2: name. Like, yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. Bill Connecticut. I, <laughs> I was about to ask, and
0: then I realized that you work for Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly. I was about to ask, did you see that thing Entertainment Weekly did about the
1: movie for each state? <laughs> <day? laughs> uh, um, I don't know why, because I primarily work for SiriusXM now. I'm, right. I'm a host of uh, Entertainment Weekly Radio, and uh, so I haven't been in book uh, for a couple of years. Um, I, I don't think I worked on that I okay. now have the, the years kind of bleed together for me um, no this is very recently was, okay so yeah, yeah then so, I, I would okay. not have been,
0: I would not have involved in that well they said that the, the ice storm is the uh, uh, most representative movie apparently from your home state that's fair if you lived in a wealthy suburb, then I guess yeah, I your mean, experience is probably a lot like I've, the ice I've storm. been
1: to enough key parties <laughs> sure. dressed as Richard Nixon to say, yes, that's true, 100%. Yeah. Um,
0: so uh, at what point did you, did you leave Connecticut?
1: I left Connecticut in uh, the fall of 2000 to go to New York University. And so moved to New York and then stayed in New York for 15 years before I moved to L.A. Oh, so you've only been out here a couple years, then. Uh, It's like a year and a half. It was January 2016. Okay, so now I get to ask some LA-specific
0: questions. Yeah. The the number one being, at a year and a half, you're out on the cusp. Do you like it here yet?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? 100%. I was a guy where, like, my my, uh, sort of perception of LA for the longest time, particularly while I lived in New York, was the second half of Annie Hall where it's this sort <laughs> right. of, uh-huh. this sort of sunshiny dystopia full of vacant people in mash yeast. And <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck that place. I don't care about it. You know, I, I would have to come out here for work a bunch. Um, but I never really felt like I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to live here. And my wife and I were both, you know, looking for an excuse to leave New York in general, because you know, I don't think we were done with New York, but New York certainly seemed to be done with us. And, um, and so the job offer came up at the, with the radio, um, out here in LA, and so we moved out and it's you know and it was funny because she was a lot more gung-ho about moving she's like yeah let's get out to the fucking sunshine let's do this and I was slightly more reticent about it and then weirdly I settled in in about six weeks and it took her a little bit longer but now we really do wish that we made the move earlier like why didn't why didn't we do this in 2009
0: Wow! Mm, yeah. I uh, yeah, uh, I did not. Have, I've been out here twelve years now. I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, cities uh, in the in the world, uh, and I don't foresee myself ever moving until, of course, the big one hits and we're all forced to evacuate. Um,
1: but um, <laughs> oh oh, David, it, it, we'll be turned to ash before then. Anyway, <laughs> <I agree. laughs> worry yeah. not about the big one. um
0: but it took me about a year and a half mm-hmm. uh, uh, to like it here, and I, I remember I, re- I read. Uh, Did you
1: move from New York? Uh,
0: no, from Chicago. I'm, oh, I'm okay. from St. Louis. Went to college in Chicago. Uh, lived gotcha. there for four years and been here about twelve years. Um, and uh, I remember reading a, a, an essay a while ago, and I can't remember the name of the uh, the, the the writer who who talked about um, cities like New York and Chicago. Even though they can be tough, they make you feel as if you were a part of something important. And the key to understanding Los Angeles is to understand that the the city will constantly insist to you that you are not important (laughs) and that you don't matter. Um, And I think that sort of getting into that mindset uh, uh, is is what uh, made me like the city. Um, But really what made me like the city is getting a bike, which is uh, everyone takes their cars everywhere here. That's the stereotype here. And I think the moment I got a bike and started trying to bike or take public transit whenever possible, which I still do now, except not my bike so much because it got stolen. Um, uh, that's what really made me start to get the city and feel a part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway,
1: you were accosted by a bike bandit, some kind of bike bandit.
0: It's the second bike uh, in my lifetime that I've had stolen from the apartment, but not, not the same apartment building, but like I didn't leave it unattended somewhere. Someone came back with bolt cutters, cut my lock and took my bike, which that is the same seems thing happened like, in my
1: old place. Can I just say that seems like that's <laughs> a lot of work for a bicycle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Bikes, bikes seem to be around. I
0: love this bike. It was a mm. 1970s Japanese bike in yellow. Um, I uh, I really like it. I've been I've been uh, Craigslist and eBay searching for 1970s Japanese bicycles. I haven't found any good yellow ones yet. But I don't want to pull the trigger on a new bike until I can get another 1970s Japanese street bike because that, like, is, that is apparently my
2: aesthetic. That's what you want when I'm yeah. uh, putting rubber to road. How far apart are those handlebars? Because um, I, I got I got a and it was it was like this it was it I, oh well, didn't work are, at all <laughs> these are the ones a, a that are like bike. the the ram's horns sort of oh, where they yes. curve inward very good okay yeah, that's that's what uh, that, that's what I like yeah. uh, anyway enough about bikes <laughs> Mister Tour de France over here but also I my bike got stolen from my apartment back behind a gated area yeah, I don't know how people that, do it uh, yeah uh, or I'm, when when do they do it yeah it must be that's uh. <laughs>
0: Uh, I remember one time I came out uh, to my car in the morning and someone had gotten, I must have left it unlocked. And someone had gotten into my car. They hadn't stolen everything, but they'd ransacked it as if they were looking for like the glove compartment and the center console and everything were open. Everything was thrown everywhere. Like they were looking for something. They didn't open the trunk, which they should have because I actually had valuable shit. In the trunk. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> um, that was as soon as I thought I was like, Oh fuck. They took that, um, the, the new car stereo that I bought and haven't installed yet, uh, out of the trunk. And I was like, Nope, they were either too stupid to figure out how to open the trunk. Anyway. um, But uh, I said, I I told my wife about it, and she was like, you always lock your car. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, so it's weird. Like, the one time you forget to lock your car, someone comes and rustles through through it. And I was like, you and I have different worldviews. I assume someone is trying to get into my car every Every single night. (laughs) 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 I mean, this is just proof of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When I was in college, uh, I I worked for... I went to school in Northern Colorado. and okay. It was basically just a college town. That's all it was. Um, and, but it had a, a pretty lively, um, live theater scene. And so one of my jobs there was to work for the, um, the, the, the college t- tickets and working house and stuff like that. Uh, and I was at work one afternoon and I was like, I didn't bring any food. I'm just going to go get some Carl's Jr. So I went and got some Carl's Jr. And ate it. And then almost immediately felt sick <laughs> to the point where I had to go home. So I drove home and, and was feeling horrible and I just parked my car in in much further away than I normally would park because I was like, I'm not going to try to find a spot. I'm just going to park and then run in. And I spent like the next two hours, uh, uh, puking and it was horrible. And then my building manager or landlord or whoever it was called me up and was like, Hey, uh, uh, your car got broken into. And I, I looked and I went out there and they had broken, the window and taken my shitty car stereo out of my old 74 Nova. And, uh, and then the cops were like, yeah, that sucks. Well, have fun cleaning this up. And it's like, (laughs) cool. But had they tried the passenger door, that door didn't lock. So just try the other door, you wow. idiots. But yeah, so uh, no, I haven't right. gone back to Carl's Jr. because I blame <laughs> them specifically yeah. for me having to go home in the first place yeah, and get uh, get banditized. Twist, Carl stole your stereo. Oh my God, it was Carl! <laughs> son of a bitch.
0: I never found him. Yeah. Uh, and his ne'er-do-well son. Uh,
2: <laughs> his own, his own Jr.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know where that comes from, why it's, like, that weird punctuation? I, I don't. Is that, so there was, like, a regular, like, re, like diner-type restaurant called Carl's. And then he opened, like, nearby just, like, a as an offshoot, just a stand, like a hamburger stand. Okay. And called it Carl's Jr. It was a smaller version of his restaurant, Carl's. The stand became way more successful than the restaurant, and that just became Interesting. what oh, wow. it
2: was. That's why it's Carl's Jr. So, like, there's here in... Uh I guess it's a Valley Village-ish, but uh, uh, there's Hugo's, and then there's Hugo's Tacos, which I think yeah. way more. It, the line for Hugo's Tacos is always a million people yeah. long. So if that was Hugo's Junior, <laughs> yeah, okay, right. all right, I get it now.
0: Have you no, have you been to Hugo's yet? You're still. I've not been too. to Hugo's. no, it's Is good. it a, is it a good taco? Yeah, the, uh, no, that's very good. The, t- the tacos, yeah. There's the Hugo's restaurants. There's at least three or four of them. There's yeah. one in West Hollywood one in you said Valley Village or yeah. Studio City wherever and it's one further out but yeah they have a, a little uh, taco stand and they have they have, I've lived in the I've lived near with that Hugo's for like seven years now and they have a sign outside that says Monday through Friday 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. four dollar breakfast burritos sounds like a great deal except that's how they get you is one of my like it's that's such a small window yeah <laughs> it's like I'm at work unless I work Around right. the corner
1: Right
2: I can't get there From 10 yeah. to 11 If
1: I'm there from 10 to 11 Something else has gone wrong <laughs> yeah, I've been, yeah I've been fired or something. Yeah right <laughs>
2: um, So uh, what part of town Did you move to
1: what Do you live in We live in um, We live in mid-city Like not far from the Grove Okay sure So because the, the SiriusXM studio Is not far from Okay Where So because uh, And then yeah So Makes sense. Yeah. Work, yeah. Cause work. I actually, I like, I, the first year we lived here, we only had the one car mm. and my wife works in Santa Monica. So she would take the car every day and I walked to work for every day for the, the first year we were here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a nice area. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. And it's, yeah. and it felt like felt like good kind of New York methadone because yeah. you could still like, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, can yeah. still walk places mm-hmm. and there's like a couple of cool bars and you know mm-hmm. like the restaurants are decent, you know. And we're also And we there're also a couple of parts of mid-city that are real scummy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like exactly. any time <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you got You remember what Bushwick was? Oh, it's right there." <laughs> um yeah, and then we also had a bunch of friends who were also who generally live in that same area, so mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it worked out. Uh
0: now we are technically a movie podcast, so I should ask you about movies, uh, but I want to keep talking about you as a new Angelino <laughs> because it's one of my favorite topics of conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What are your favorite movie theaters in Los Angeles so far?
1: Ooh, so far, um, I probably haven't sampled as many as I should have at the moment. I mean, it, like, we mostly go uh, to the Arclight in Hollywood, uh, which I enjoy a great deal because mm-hmm. New York has yet to adopt actually a couple theaters have, but in general, you can't reserve a seat at a theater in New York City, uh, which now that I live out here, I realize is fucking madness. Like It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a better system. Um, so i enjoy that quite a bit um i really like uh i really like the vista in uh, los Feliz. that was that's a that's a that's a really cool room that is is a place if there's a movie coming out
0: that my wife has no interest in say when the avengers came out in 2012 she was like i don't care about superheroes if i say it's playing the vista she'd be like all right i'll go yeah because it's just it's just the
1: most it's, it's an awesome theater yeah there's always plenty of leg room yeah, it's super cool. And then we live in walking distance of the new Beverly, so we also uh, drop in there, which is not like, I mean, which is a dump, but it's a very charming, yeah. well, well put together dump.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I have a love hate relationship with that place. Uh, it's obviously very charming and everything you said, but I, I, sometimes I feel like their adherence to 35 millimeter film, sometimes you'll go and see something where it's like, well, I'm glad, I guess I'm glad that was on film. It looked like it was shot through a bottle of fucking Grenzi. Yeah. No it's been sitting
2: in someone's garage since 1972. Uh, but I guess I'm glad it was on film. Sometimes <laughs> it's a little fresh I, I just recently been having this kind of discussion because, um, the, uh, Egyptian, which I love American Cinematheque. next mm-hmm. week as we're recording this, um, they're doing five nights of Mario Bava movies and I'm a huge Mario Bava fan. Yeah. So I'm really excited to go, but almost all of them are DCP, but it's like, when, when are you going to go see, you know, the whip in the body on the big screen or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, Hey, did you, you know, some friends at work, you want to go to this? And they, they were like, yeah, that sounds great. And they're like, Oh, that's DCP. I'm going to go to the new Beverly and see the, the spy who loved me in 35. Now. Okay. I would go see the spy who loved me in 35, but I wouldn't stop seeing a movie. I wanted to go see just because it wasn't in 35. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, that it drives me nuts and a couple years ago um Wade Pesek who is 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 a friend of a friend of his show <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> um is uh, uh he and i went to the academy because they were doing a screening of Roger Cormans uh the pit and the pendulum um and there was a it was a brand new film print they you know it just struck it and everyone was like oh great and they showed it and I thought it looked shitty and it was, it wasn't cause it was a new print, but it wasn't a remaster. It was, right. they took the old oh. still crappy looking negative and yeah. just struck a new print. But everybody after the movie was like, Oh, what, it's so nice to see it on film and all this stuff. It was like, it sucked. Just say <laughs> it looked bad. It was just, it was so full of, you know, crap and like, you know, uh, garbage in there. And it's like, I, yeah. I have the Blu-ray. It looks nice on Blu-ray. <laughs>
0: yeah you're uh, i mean you're preaching you know? to the choir as far as i'm concerned uh but we definitely have some listeners who are and some members of the Battleship Retention family who are uh, uh celluloid purists where do you fall on the on the uh, uh, on the argument
1: i do i am sort of a celluloid purist i i'm i'm really like i'm 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 a guy who will make the decision to see a movie in film over uh like if like i'm i'm a type who would be turned off by something being shown in dcp yeah
2: i i I get like, I get obviously like when you see a good print of something and even like a just okay print of like 2001 on film, like I've seen that, that looks great. Um, but you know, if it's a movie that you wouldn't, that is so rare that you're not going to see it otherwise, like they're not going to show who has a film print of, you know, whatever. Then I'm like, well, who cares? I mean, I, I, the theater going experience to me is like, you know, just a couple notches above how it looks. That said, I've gone to, uh you know bad dcp screenings where it's all washed out and they like they didn't oh, yeah. do, they didn't do you a good job you can still frame it in yeah, yeah, yeah. shit so yeah. there's there's lots to be you know there's lots to be said either way
1: and i'm a guy who likes a little bit of grain and a little sure. bit of degradation yeah, as yeah, yeah. well and so like like i i actually appreciate now like DVDs that were made in the late 90s and early 2000s uh-huh. that were not remastered before they were they were, they were made, and so I'm like, oh shit, this is kind of, like, this feels much, like, this is, for some reason it feels better to me. Yeah. So I like a slightly shittier version I, I, I of most when movies.
0: When the 4K restoration or whatever is done right by people who know what they're doing, you can maintain a lot of grain. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. It'll, and it'll look good. Um, but yeah, I'm more, I'll happily see, see a new restoration on DCP as opposed to an old print. Yeah. You know, uh, the last year, about a year ago, I, um, got to see like the brand new, uh, 4k restoration of, uh, Johnny guitar, the, uh, John oh, movie Oh yeah. I love that movie. A, a great movie. And just looked fucking great. Cause it's such a great, rich, colorful, yeah. colorful movie. And that was, it was a 4k DCP.
2: And, uh, I, you know, I got no complaints. Yeah. <laughs> it looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, that said, I do love that the fact that there are places like, Um, the new Bev and oftentimes some of these older art house theaters will show in the Vista for that matter. Like I, I went to go see um, uh, the force awakens there because that was the only place I think in America that had (laughs) uh, it on film because like basically Disney was like DCP is the way of the future. But like Abrams was like, well, I want, a, I want one film print struck and I want it to be shown at the Vista. And so I'm, you know, and it looked great. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm glad I went to this. So I was like, I'm kind of of two minds about it because yeah. it's like, ultimately it's like, what movie do I want to see? <laughs> do I want to watch this movie or do yeah. I want to watch a different movie?
0: I got to uh, a few months ago. Um, I have to be careful here because I don't talk at all about my day job. That's uh, on the podcast. It's a separate world. But as a part of my day job, I got to tour a film lab and they happened to be running off the, all of the seventy millimeter prints of Dunkirk that were when I was there, and it was just really cool seeing this like this uh, th- this machine that's the size of like a walk-in closet just running. 70 millimeter film at a million miles per hour. Cause they're just, you know, they're just print like printing all, all these print, all the ones they're going to send all over the, mm. all over the world. Uh, and even as a guy who's not a purist, I was like, this is pretty cool. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I know that that movie's been out for weeks, but I, I just saw it. I still haven't this seen it. Yeah. Week. I still haven't either. Um, Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't need me to tell you it's great. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then, and saw it in 70 and that, that's absolutely the way to do it. Yeah, I'll make I'll make a point of it. Um, hey, David, let's go. <laughs>
0: let's, uh, Show over
1: <laughs> to Dunkirk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Okay, so we've gotten to know everybody. Um, uh, well, what what else? What's on your guys's mind recently, movie wise? What else have you seen recently, mm. or you guys, have you guys seen anything that that is that hasn't come out yet? That's coming up
2: that people should have their eyes. Um, uh, I got to see, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, an anime film, uh, called in this corner of the world. Okay. Um, which I think, uh, it's, it's not a first time director, but not a director. That's certainly not very well known over here. Um, and it's, a, it's a movie that takes place, uh, in the, like in, during world war two in Japan. And it's about this girl who, uh, is a very artistic girl who is sort of married off to somebody. She doesn't really know. She goes and lives. She is from Hiroshima and moves to some place on the coast. Um, uh, and her, her new husband, uh, works for, he's like an engineer, but he's, he's, so he's not off in war, but like her father-in-law is, works for the Navy and everything like that. So the, the war is constant and you know, there's air raids and everything like that. And so the, through the whole movie and it, you know, uh, the time is very important. It's like, you know, it's this, this month of 1944 and you're like, okay, I generally know where right. things. and she keeps talking about being unhappy and she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go back home. And you're like, I know home is Hiroshima. Don't do it. So you're spending the whole movie, but it's not really, you know, it's kind of how she sees how life can go on during the war. Um, and I guess they were telling me afterwards, the screening that the, the filmmaker spent and his crew spent years researching, the town like the actual town and all of the the boat like the actual ships that were parked in the harbor like it's yeah. all 100 percent accurate and and drawn yeah. to pictures and everything like that which this drives me it's insane. being
0: distributed stateside by shout that's right, right yes. yeah they yeah they showed the trailer and talked about that at the shout panel at comic-con yes uh, this year um, it's, listeners it's, are going to be so sick. We have a very strong contingent of listeners who want us to shut up about comic-con because all they care about <laughs> is like, they'd rather us talk about, you know, the TCM classic film fest or something. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, that's, uh, well, that's
2: uh, not we, now. <laughs> yeah. but
0: we Like I, I think we did a comic-con wrap up two episodes ago, but we keep talking like, yeah, do keep talking about comics in
1: the bones, man? You got yeah. It. Yeah. It's, yeah. we're still, we're still purging it. Yeah. But terrible. that, that movie is, I highly
2: recommend and It's all done. It looks, uh, sort of, Watercolory, because the girl herself is she draws all the time and and even the first like um bomb attack you don't actually know who's attacking but you assume it's an allied force of some sort probably americans but um when the bombs explode in the air she sees them as splashes of paint mm. like and then it goes to regular and stuff like that and she's like I wish I had my book and it's like get inside like there's all that type <laughs> of thing Um, but yeah fantastic movie I would highly recommend it Um and, and
0: Kyle yeah <laughs> what is it what's on your radar
1: well outside outside of Dunkirk I haven't I haven't seen anything in advance I don't th- think um but i have been i'll go in real sort of fits and starts where i'll like i hadn't seen anything i hadn't gone to the theater in like three weeks and in the past week I've, I've i have not stopped although i wish that i had made better choices than i mean i saw dunkirk which is amazing uh but then the other two movies i've seen in the past week were are um kidnap The Halle Berry uh, (laughs) Chases After a Car movie. Uh Uh-huh. And then then the other one was uh, a little film called Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, because you're the only other human that I know that actually went to see this movie. I had the craziest experience watching this movie. All right. Because for the first 20 minutes... I thought this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm right there. with you. I was you. so in love with everything that was happening in this movie. I love the look of it. I thought all the ideas were amazing. Like I just, I was so enveloped in it. I was like, Oh, this is what people must, people who love star Wars. This is what they feel like when they watch star yeah. Wars. Cause I'm, I'm a star Wars agnostic. I don't, it's never meant anything to me. I don't give a shit, but I'm, it's like, I'm not angry at mm-hmm. it either. Um, and so, I am over the moon for Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I'm like, how could anybody not like this movie? And then eventually, uh, the two stars start talking. Yeah. And <laughs> God damn it, what a mistake! Ugh. And by the end, like the last 20 minutes, where it's mostly just Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne reasoning with yeah. some of those blue aliens, I'm like, this is. Awful, yeah. And I've—I I don't know that I've gone on that kind of emotional roller coaster with a movie in a very, very long time. We literally went from "Holy shit, I can't believe this exists yeah. in my life" to to where like I—I I was like willing to claw my own face off to yeah. not watch the end of it. It's.
2: I mean, I had almost the exact same experience as you. The opening sequence is so cool. It's, it's all of these different, it's the it, countries and coming together with their space stations, oh building. God. And then, uh, eventually other planets come in and start building this. And basically they, that is what the city of a thousand planets is. It's all this, uh, space stations put together. And so it becomes enormous with all the hub of the galaxy and everything. And it's all done to, uh, a, a, a space oddity by David Bowie, And you're just like, this is such a great sequence, and uh, yeah. And the problem is, Dane DeHaan uh, is terrible. And, and, and Cara Delevingne is terrible But they are clashing types of terrible
1: Yeah they're terrible they don't, They're not terrible with each other They're terrible against know, each other I don't know that Dane DeHaan is terrible I think he's good at one thing <laughs> And that this movie did not demand that one thing of him And so yeah. I think he had no idea what to do Cara Delevingne I, Look I understand that she's a very attractive woman Sure And has amazing bone structure But I don't know that we need to keep pointing cameras at her Because I, I, do, like, I don't get it Yeah It's, uh, it's but like I've seen Dane DeHaan do stuff that I enjoy yeah I mean he did I I liked him I really liked him in uh, uh, a cure for wellness which I thought was sure which yeah it was actually a better movie than
2: you know most people said it was um but he's not a, He's not an action hero And the whole time In Valerian He's he's doing that I'm cool I'm a cool guy
1: uh, It's if, like he was doing a, Like a Keanu impression yeah, That's exactly But <laughs> somehow But somehow Less charismatic Than even that sounds yeah. Like it was It was weird And,
2: and when uh, He starts saying stuff like Laureline I love you With the same amount Of fervor as where did I leave my keys? It's like I don't we're I don't supposed like to be
1: invested in their epic romance, right and the whole time I'm like, you guys should break up this yeah. is, this is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> You're both boring, this is pointless <laughs> yeah and and I feel kind of bad
2: for Clive Owen, who has nothing to do in that movie. Wow, I, it's uh, so weird that he's even in this
1: yeah movie. he's barely in it really. He's yeah. in like three scenes because like he gets a big introduction and then disappears for the length of a Bible, yep and then comes back at the yeah. very end and is sort of the villain. yeah, it's weird. He,
2: He's he's been okay. incapacitated and then he's the bad guy. So are you guys? Uh, he's
1: like Eric Stoltz in Anaconda.
2: We're like, oh yeah, you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, are you guys fans
0: of The Fifth Element? Yes, love it. Yeah, it. Okay. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so yeah, and no, I, I should just watch The Fifth Element again.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. which I re- recently rewatched yeah. holds the hell up, man. Yeah. Oh man, and like it's it's almost it's it's better now than it was twenty years ago. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I can't imagine it not holding up because it's just so. But that's a, that's an example where like. Lupuson has the uh the adherence to the book you know the comic books of of uh Valerian everything looks so lived in it looks so real all of the aliens are like believable um the the city of a thousand planets is cool like Uh, even like there's a part in the movie where there's a marketplace that exists on two planes of reality. Oh my God. I love that. sequence. And Dane DeHaan's got this contraption. So he's in the, the empty plane of reality. And then he can reach through this box into the other plane of reality where the bad guys are hiding. So there's just so many cool ideas like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's so hamstrung by the fact that they can't, they, they don't have chemistry with, Anybody, yeah. let alone each other, which they absolutely have to have. So, yeah, it was it was a bummer of an experience because it looks so great. I would take any frame of that movie and just be like, um, hanging in my house. Uh, are you guys big Luke Besson fans in general? Then, That's yeah, I'm I'm, like. I I yeah. enjoy the
0: bulk
1: of his output. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you see the movie he made called The Lady? About uh, Aung San Suu Kyi. The, uh, uh, it's a very bad movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so. Let me look. It's so not Luc Besson's thing because it's like a biopic. Um, when is it from? Uh, it's like 2012, 2012, Really? Oh, wow. I haven't even heard of it. Um, uh, it. Sounds like there's a good reason for that. <laughs> yeah. The lady, 2011. Okay. So um, uh, Michelle Yao plays uh, Ang San Suu Kyi, who's. Uh, uh, activist, democratic activist in in Burma slash Myanmar, um, and it becoming sort of a. Uh, she was under house arrest for a long time. It's a great story in theory, um, <laughs> and she was married to an Englishman who uh, played by David Thulis in the movie. And went I up a hill in, and came
1: down a mountain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: um, uh, uh, everything is in place for it to be. A good movie but apparently michelle yao was a big fan of luke bassan and was like i want you to direct this movie even though it's like it's like nothing else he's ever done mm. or even ever produced it's uh, and he just doesn't have a, a feel for it it's an incredibly just stultifyingly boring weird hmm. uh, but uh yeah people usually have that reaction when i bring it up is i didn't know this happened i didn't know he made this movie mm-hmm. wow that's that is odd
1: yeah
2: i did like um the what was it uh, the amazing, extraordinary adventures of Adele Sec. Did you see that movie? That was like him doing a 1930s era kind of like Tintin or Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, movie. I did see this. That was good. I liked. It was really one. good. I yeah, liked it. Yeah. It was enjoyable. And uh, I could not tell you the name of his lead actress, but I thought she was fantastic. I can that. tell you the name of the lead hey. actress.
1: But it's got it's got like a really good it's got a really good energy to it. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Louise Bourgeon. It, yeah, she was great. Good no. for her. That movie was good. How about that? Hey, <laughs> thanks technology <laughs> and the French, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the French always.
2: Where did you go see? Did you go see it at the ArcLight?
1: Uh, Valerian? No, I think we ended up seeing it at the Grove. Okay, did yeah. you see it in 3D? No. And I kind of wish that I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm in general anti 3D. Totally. Uh, mostly because I think we all have the same problem that you don't want to wear two pairs of glasses for two hours. Yes, yes. we all have that problem. Um, but I, I almost wish that I had because even when I saw the trailer, I thought, I feel like I'm going to want to see this. in 3D. Yeah. That one? So I, I have slight regrets. Although I think by the time like it I don't I don't know, I even know that it was available in three D by the time mm. we got to it oh, because yeah. no one saw it and it would feel like it was already on its way out. Yeah. Um that by the way is the other reason
0: my wife will see anything at the Vista is because she knows it's not gonna be in three D because <laughs> they don't do three D there, which is uh, which is great. I, she always gets a headache. Um I remember when then we went to see uh the first Hobbit movie, uh An Unexpected Journey. Um in 48 frames per day, yeah. high frame rate and like she walked out going it's a shame that movie sucked because that was the first time 3D didn't give me a headache mm. like oh, that's the one thing the high frame rate is good for is <laughs> making the 3D smooth um, but uh, know, unfortunately st- it was a terrible movie yeah uh, we didn't go see Billy Lynn, uh, come back to the Five and Dime Billy Lynn, <laughs> in, or whatever it was called, which is also in Oh, the Super long halftime walk. Yeah. Yeah, the, was, was that An Lee? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, oh, Billy Lynn's long halftime Did walk. Did anyone see that? No. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I mean, people who went to the Toronto International Film Festival saw it, um, and then they <laughs> had a
2: reaction that led to the rest of us not And seeing it.
1: <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I feel like high frame rate was like... That was an example of moviegoers in general just going. You can't make us like this. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. lo- it looks like big budget like TV behind the scenes footage or something. Yeah. Have
0: you guys gone to see? And I haven't done this. Anything in the um, the they have them at the at the Chinese Six. Um, the like seats that react. You pay it's like twenty five oh, bucks. Yeah. And, oh like, yeah, the seats are like timed to the movie, so you're like it's like you're in the car with uh, Vin Diesel or whatever. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done it. What, what do you guys think of that as a Premise, i guess.
1: i don't mind it as a gimmick like i kind of i'm well i'm like i'm charmed by it in the abstract i've never actually done it um, but as someone who like kind of wishes that we had a William Castle who was like mm-hmm, making us mm-hmm, smell mm-hmm. things and vibrator seats, I'm like, well, that's kind of okay. But it seem, it does seem like the only movies that cater to that are blockbusters, and yeah, I yeah. like, and so like, I don't know that because I know that you can you can see um, Dark Tower like that, uh-huh. and a I don't want to see that, and b I definitely don't want to see it while my seat rumbles for five extra dollars, and so like, I don't know, <laughs> I just like, I don't know that the right combination of things has come along where it's made me go oh yes but like I do kind of like that idea in the abstract Yeah, I think
0: what it's gonna take for me because I am a pretty staunch auteurist it's gonna take someone like a James Cameron or a Robert Zemeckis a technocrat Mm -hmm. to make that part of the artistic experience because I know I can guarantee you right now the director is maybe maybe signing off at best on what happens in the chair It's, it's, it's some company they hire out that's doing it third party like I say that it should rumble here. Or it should move to the left here or whatever until we get to the day where someone is from the ground up designing that as part of the experience. Sure. Um, then, th- which is why I always like movies that were intended for 3d better than post conversion. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Avatar. I, I don't know people. I know people who are on either side of the fence on whether or not Avatar is a good movie. I like it. I tend to like James Cameron movies um, despite the dialogue. Uh, but I, I like the 3d and avatar cause I could tell it was, it's organic. It was part of the conception of the thing from the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, when these rumble, rumble seats, or whatever they're called,
2: uh, get to that point, I'll be on board or I'll, I'll at least give it a shot. Yeah. I feel like that or somebody like a William Castle who is like, this is, we're going to make them scream or whatever, you know, like, uh, they just don't do that. It, it seems like such an afterthought, like, Hey, yeah. we got this XD or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, w- yeah. would you, would you want to watch San Andreas? It's like, no, I don't <laughs> want to really, yeah,
1: no, yeah, yeah no, yeah, I what feel if like it would take...
2: one of
0: those seats watching San Andreas and an earthquake hit.
1: You'd
2: have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to
1: know. Like, I feel like it would take somebody, um, I feel like James Gunn is capable of coming up with something sure. kind of gimmicky and then building a movie from the gimmick Yeah, uh, and, and doing it that way. But for, like, I would almost, I would almost want it to go one level greater uh, in, in auteurism where like I w- I'm going to wait until Paul Thomas Anderson decides <laughs> like, <laughs> here's my rumble seat movie yeah, that right. everyone has to watch in a rumble seat. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, if well, he says I mean,
0: so. Jean-Luc Godard made a 3d movie, so it, it could happen. Yep. Anything's possible. It, it could happen. I, I saw, I talked about this a little bit on the podcast. There's a, uh, and I, I, th- I want to say it's called Screen X, or something. everything has an X in it. But there's a presentation <laughs> format that I guess is very popular in, 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 for, in different parts of Asia. And there are only two theaters in the entire U.S. who are uh, using this, and they're both in Los Angeles, because we have CGV cinemas, which is, I don't know if you guys, you haven't lived here long enough, you probably haven't even come nope. across this. But there's, uh, in Koreatown, there's essentially a, Multiplex, like state-of-the-art multiplex that uh, m- most of us white people never even think about because they basically just show um, uh, you know, Korean movies or, or big-budget Chinese movies. Um, and, uh, but I went, but they show, uh, uh, you know, uh, some Hollywood stuff, too. And there was only one of two theaters. Is the only reason I went to see uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. I wouldn't have seen it otherwise, probably. Um... But basically, it's a thing where it's sort of like... Compare it to, like, when you're watching The Dark Knight Returns, right? And it's in two, three, five, but then all of a sudden... It's in IMAX aspect ratio, because this part was in IMAX. So this is like that where, imagine... So you're watching it in scope, uh, and then all of a sudden, for certain, like, big spectacle set-piece-type scenes, the image extends up the walls to your left and right. So all of a sudden, like in dead man Tell the tales when the, i don't know if you guys saw it there's zombie sharks i don't know okay there's a zombie i shark. feel
1: like i would have seen it had i known there were zombie yeah. sharks yeah. There's
0: zombie sharks attacking johnny Depp in a dinghy and so and then suddenly like the zombie shark as it, after it jumps over johnny Depp's head is like swimming up the wall to your left um it was kind of cool uh when it when it was when it was used well and maybe it was the fact that the movie itself wasn't very good and so whenever the like image extended I was like ooh something something is (laughs) happening (laughs) Um, uh, but um, I, I guess this is all to say there are these there isn't a William Castle but there still are people doing these things to say like don't sit at home watching Netflix for 13 hours. Right. Come see our movie, which is eventually movies are going to be 13 hours. Cause they're all too fucking long anyway. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what happened. Like why, like why did Transformers movies need to be two hours and 40 minutes? says the guy who likes
1: Pirates of the Caribbean. Cause you too. gotta, you gotta uh, tell, you gotta tell the whole history of fucking Optimus <laughs> or whatever else is happening. Um, you gotta show the creation of fiberglass in real yeah, time. You have, or whatever. To, you have to, you have to have that scene in there where Transformers are helping on the underground railroad. Cause that's, <laughs> actually a thing I in that, that
0: movie. Transformers movie. Is that real? That oh, happened that in the last one.
1: that 1,000% happened in Transformers the first night, last night? Who gets a shit? The last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you bring up a good point, David. Like, do you guys, ha- how, how, what is your guys' experience of movies that premiere on Netflix, original films that show up on Netflix? Do you feel like you're able to appreciate them in the same way that you are able to appreciate a, a film that you go to a cineplex for, because I've been having a really, really hard time with it. I think it's a uh, sliding scale. I think that there are
0: there are pros, which is I get to control the atmosphere in terms of like people aren't talking around me and stuff like that, which I think you know maybe I'm prissy or whatever, but like it bothers me a lot the way that people act in movie theaters in general, right. um, and so to me, I understand there's a trade-off like, and I think something like the incredible Jessica James, uh, which is a, a really good movie, but is a sort of modestly scoped movie, uh, works just fine at home. Yeah. If you
1: had told me that was a couple episodes of TV strung together, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: Oak, J- on the other hand, there's a, there's parts where I'm like, I mean, I have a, a decent sized TV and then I, I have a very, uh, respectable sound system. Um, and so I, there are parts of Okja that is like, I bet this would be even cooler. Yeah. You know, the, uh, uh do you guys both see Okja? Yep. Um, okay. So fun. the, when they're chasing the super pig Okja, uh, through that, like underground mall, the like basement mall. Mm-hmm. And like, it goes into slow motion and John Denver starts playing and they're like shooting, tranquilizer darts that the, 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 the peacenik activists are fending away with, with umbrellas and slow motion. I was like, this is cool. This would be very cool on a, big screen. <laughs> I, on a larger screen. Yeah. Um, but I also understand, like I said, there's a, there's a trade off. There are things that are not bothering me. Um, it's, you know, I'm not p- paying 20 bucks or 40 bucks for me and my wife and, and you know, uh, uh, popcorn or whatever, you know, mm. um, and I'm not being bothered by other people. Um, so I guess I don't have a solid answer, but um, I'm I'm willing to watch. I, I'm never going to get to a point where I'm saying well, where I'll, I'll say I'm not going to watch that movie because that's how it's available. I mean, I I grew up experiencing movies taped on VHS, eight hour tapes that had four movies on them, taped off of TV commercials and censored. Like I'm not a purist, you know, (laughs) I, I, I'm not persnickety about that sort of thing. Um, but I understand there's a trade off as I've said eight (laughs) times now. I (laughs) I think
2: there's sort of like a, um, we're we're just going to have to get used to that as a distribution model, because I was, as you guys were talking, I was like, what if Oakjaw premiered on HBO first? We'd all be like, Ooh, wasn't this something? But like, because it it's on Netflix, there's sort of like this, you just have, it's just there. It's not an event, you know, the way that like Sunday night you get to watch game of Thrones or you get to watch like whatever movie, uh, they're premiering on Mm -hmm. HBO, uh, kind of the, the way, you know, 20 years ago, uh, like a TV movie could be an event, like a, you know, oh, be, sure. it would be on NBC and you'd watch it, and you wouldn't care that it was you know kind of not as cool looking. Well, uh, with Netflix movies, most of them, as you're saying, with Oakjaw, which wasn't necessarily made specifically for Netflix, it was made, right? It was just distributed that way, <laughs> but um, looks a lot more cinematic. They can look a lot more cinematic, and yet I feel like I have this sort of like, oh, I'll probably watch that. I don't know, sometime. Like I don't, I don't. The, the way I am with most things on Netflix, it's like, that's just to add to the queue that right. I will eventually watch when I'm done rewatching parks and rec for the 90th time or whatever, <laughs> you know?
1: It's, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. Cause yeah, I,
1: I find myself having a Netflix urgency problem yeah. as well. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, I know it was like, I, you know, I, I ended up sitting down and watching Oak Joe cause we had, um, uh, we had John Ronson on, uh, on our, on our show, mm-hmm. uh, who's a delight. And, um, uh, but it was, but like, I really, while I was watching, I said, man, I like, I wish that I was watching this cause I, cause I liked it, but I know that I could have gotten really lost in it. Sure. And so it, you know, was a three and a half star experience as opposed to a five star experience, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is like a fair trade off for most things. Like, I wonder if that's, I wonder if oh, just, you know, a sort of outlier. Um, yeah. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I just feel like,
0: just like when, you know, when, when the whole situ- when, when there was more argument now, I feel like there's been some <laughs> people have just given up, but more argument about shooting digitally. Um, especially in like the, even into like late two thousands when, when, uh, it clearly, you know, movies that were shot, uh, digitally looked digital. You know, I think, uh, I can't, I've, reman- I've lost count of the number of people who said they couldn't stand Michael Mann's public enemies because of how, uh, digital the, mm-hmm. the movie looked. Um, uh, and now I've lost my my train. Well, I think what are, what I'm always going to come down to is I'm willing to give up some of whatever is considered the pure or classical way of producing, distributing and presenting movies. If it means that more movies can not get made by more people. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's always what I'm going to what I'm going to come come back to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it does help more movies are going to get made by more people and are going to be seen by at least somebody like I, you know, going to film school or even a, a school where people aspire to make films. Uh, Cause I went to, we had theory, but we never had any like practice. So we, you know, I would have to go rent equipment myself if I wanted to actually make anything. And like, you know, if we never actually, I never actually made a feature, but if I had, that would have been the, I'd still be on probably that uphill, that mm. climb to try to get anybody to see it. So the fact that people can make movies so much less expensive now, and it's a very possible thing that you can get it on some streaming service. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, like I feel like shutter, which is I uh, maybe the streaming service that in film that I think are like, you know, catering to me specifically, it yeah. feels like um, the smaller movies and even shorts can get seen by people in a way that wasn't that way before. And I, uh, so yeah, do you remember like, I mean,
0: I, I feel like, we, you know, not that long ago, the when it came to Oscar to, uh, Oscar time, the 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 shorts, live action shorts, animated shorts, documentary shorts, for most people were like why is this award here? Like yeah, we haven't right. seen any of these yeah. but now because they're you know, people can make them available through different services. Um, that, and, and they get a theatrical run now and stuff, um, which is not what we're talking about, but still, you're right. Like we've gotten to well, a point yeah, I mean, where, they, cause
1: they used to do, they used to like roadshow them basically, I think in New York and LA and you yeah. could go see all five or whatever. But now yeah. they, I think they still do that in a limited run, but mostly it's just a package on iTunes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I will say um, that that limited run has become a lot less limited. They've been, you know, they have more DCPs that they're they're sending them to more places um, uh, every year. Um, uh, my my mom and sister saw the shorts uh, in Boise, Idaho um, oh, wow. uh, oh. at a theater like theatrically. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess whatever it gets to
2: to see more movies. Yeah. Um, that said, I, I t- Netflix, for whatever reason, is the one. That I'm I'm watching the least of now, like and that was that was the big like hey you can watch whatever you want on T you know uh, at the touch of a button and now it's like eh, Netflix like that's for, I don't know why I don't know why that is I, for
0: I, me I know why it is for me is because they've become more of a TV streaming service than a yeah. movie yeah. service and I don't watch that much TV anymore yeah and also here's my thing about Netflix I like Netflix but uh, here's where I'm an old fuddy duddy here's where I'm a stick in the mud. Uh, set in my ways is uh, the the model of releasing an entire season at once I still hate it I know they've been <coughs> doing it for years now yeah. I still think it is so it's a bastardization of what television like serialized television storytelling is, is is meant to be and I think it's it's made it so that people aren't making TV shows the way I mean they still are in other places but people who are making TV shows for Netflix are essentially making them uh, as you know, 13 hour movies or, or whatever. And they, and they, um, are way too. Okay. With having an episode that doesn't stand on its own in any way, or maybe drags because they know people are just like, you know, barreling their way through these. Whereas, um, you know, if you go back to, uh, my personal favorite TV show of all time is Buffy the vampire slayer and probably Hannibal is a close second. But if you go back to the, Uh, You know, the greatest TV series of all time, which is *The Sopranos, in my opinion. (laughs)
2: People
0: think of that as a a very serialized show, which it is, obviously. Everything that happened in every episode had, you know, repercussions on the episodes and the characters to come. But also, you'll find if you... Which I think people don't do this very often, especially not with the way people consume, consume TV now. But if you just watch an episode of The Sopranos. Pick an episode of The Sopranos. You will see that it was written and produced and, and and put together as an episode. And it has either a narrative or an emotional or a character or all three arc within that 60 minutes that mm-hmm. makes it stand alone as more than just a chapter in a book or, or a link in a chain. Uh, they they are their own little little shorts that are a part of a larger thing mm-hmm. um, like the poster for the Truman Show um, <laughs> <laughs> you can picture that all the little pictures yeah. making the picture of Jim Carrey um, uh, and that's when I do I, I, like I said I don't watch as much TV as I used to but that's something that I always liked about TV as opposed to movies is that um, uh, it wasn't a, uh, it, it was and wasn't self contained at the, at the same time um, people were building this house of cards, but also caring about what was on e- each individual card. If that makes sense, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And I feel like we're losing that with the all at once model of releasing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's rarely a uh, a Netflix series that I've watched. and again, it's like it's it's they they are essentially 13 hour movies, mm-hmm. and that have maybe seven and a half hours of story. <laughs> uh, and so, it, and, and that is of course spread out over, over, you know, all the episodes. That's, uh, um, and so that is a, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you in uh, being sort of frustrated by that TV model. Cause even the, um, and I, you know, I, I, I don't sound like just the oldest man, but like even the most mytharchy episodes of the X files, you can still, you know, like hit one in syndication and generally enjoy yourself. Yeah. you know what yeah. I mean. Like yeah, it's definitely. like it's you know, and and the, and the same thing with Buffy and Buffy. I don't you know, it, like they certainly had like very very heavy mythology episodes. Yeah. that still existed as a self-contained short story, Absolutely. Um, yeah. even if the, you know, the tendrils spread across multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Which is not to say Netflix isn't making good shows. I think glow was great.
1: Uh, Phenomenal.
2: Yeah. It snuck up on me. I, I didn't yeah. expect to like it as much as I did. And it blew me away. And, and I know that they're like, you know, watch at your pace and stuff like that. But like, we're as we're seeing this, especially this season with game of Thrones, every episode, gets a week's worth of people talking about that episode. Yeah. And then you get the next one. Whereas like, you know, I remember when daredevil, the first season of daredevil really felt like everybody has to watch daredevil right now. And it's just like, that just feels like work. You know, I'm not enjoying it as much. Whereas something like game of Thrones or when mad men and breaking bad were on or, or Fargo is, is my big one. This, you know, these last couple of years where it's like, Every episode, I'm excited. Hey, it's, it's
1: tonight we get to watch that show. It seems like the philosophy with that kind of stuff is we're going to give it all to you. And so in, in doing that, we'll own the zeitgeist. And in fact, mm. in doing that, they actually eliminate it. Because I feel yeah. like I never have a conversation with anybody about any of those Netflix shows, like yeah. there's no there's no zeitgeist for House of Cards. Like as good as it is, and I have no idea whether it is or not because I abandoned it a long time ago. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but um, but it, like I never, I, no one ever wants to have a conversation with me about that. Whereas no matter what you feel about uh, the Twin Peaks revival, people constantly want to talk to me about All, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and like Game of Thrones was again a show I don't watch, but I know that like that is a huge. Yeah. topic of conversation every week because it's been turned into this kind of event. And I feel like even lesser HBO shows, Yeah. like I feel like I have way more conversations about Insecure, a show that no one watches, right. uh, which is amazing and people should watch, uh, than, you know, a- anything else that's going on. You know, then, then I even I mean, even like, you know, like Hulu's tried to do it where they'll give you a few at the beginning and sure. then they'll try to break it up. And I feel like that they, it, it took until the end of The Handmaid's Tale for people to really be like, oh, okay, this is this is becoming more of an eventy thing. But they did kind of, I think, kind of mess it up in the beginning where it's like, it was was too much out there and then everybody was like, well, all right, fine. Well, the bummer about it is like, you you don't get, the opportunity to uh, digest
2: a single episode and w- with, you know, like stranger things, seven episodes at once, or, you know, um, the 10 or 13 or whatever it is with, uh, the Marvel series. So there's, there's less chance for you to appreciate one episode, like the artistry and the writing and the, everything in one specific episode. And I feel like that is such a, gr- that's such a, that is what TV has that movies don't have, which is that you can take a portion of a story and just dissect it, and, sure, yeah. or, and and spend some time with it, or it can be a digression, and, and, and that's how with like serialized shows like Buffy or Lost, you can come up with like, oh, this, these are my like my favorite writers
0: for the show. Yeah, like, you know, I like yeah, the yeah. the Jack Bender directs. You know, um, whereas it all becomes
2: kind of samey, yeah, uh, when it's all mushed together. Yeah, totally. I I've, and I feel like you know, I mean I'm a big Doctor Who fan, as you know, and my shirt will tell you. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. uh, if it's every third day, I probably have a Doctor Who um, but that was that's something that they have always done which is that like every you know sort of in the x-files mold where it's like there's an arc but there's always one-off adventures that make up the bulk of the season and so you can have really like i don't really care for the storyline of x season but you can have three or four episodes that you're like this was a perfect encapsulation of of this show or whatever Yeah, yeah
0: i've had this argument
2: for years now about buffy the vampire slayer
0: because i think most people's favorite season of buffy is season three and i understand it's a, it has what has one of the greatest villains in tv history with the mayor mm-hmm. it has a great arc my personal favorite season is season four even though people are like oh the initiative adam that's stupid no but it's also the season with hush it's the season with restless it's the season with fear itself it has all these great standalone episodes yeah uh, that's why it's my favorite season. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I think like everybody, I'm sort of, I'm kind of just okay with the initiative. But like, it kind of comes and goes in my interest. But I think all of my favorite standalones do come from like the episode where, um, where Giles turns into a demon is one of my favorite oh, episodes in that yeah, show, and yeah. I think that's right in the middle uh, of that. Uh, it's called like a New Man or something I like believe that. so. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, that's a great episode. There's a lot of just good standalone yeah. stuff in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like. Um, I also like anything, uh, this is getting to season five and six, six is, uh, to be La Rasa. I think it's in six. I like the spike and Giles comedy team.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we, we have, this is not a TV show TV podcast People <laughs> People might get uh, I don't know why I care What people think um, You've been doing this long enough You don't have to care What people think <laughs> That's yeah. true That's true uh, Man this was We got a lot of great conversation uh, uh, out, of the, out of this um, I had like backups In case okay. This went like uh, In case we ran out of things to talk Because we didn't have a top Like the topic As we said was You guys both have the Two same guys with the same name <laughs> like,
1: That was the topic yeah. Who yeah. have roughly the same job Or, yeah, or at least or in the same world and who I'm sure, like, I, I sometimes get pitches for you. Do you yes, absolutely. Likewise? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it has yeah. happened.
2: Uh, did you, I don't know if you were aware of this, there was a period in time when Rotten Tomatoes thought we were the same person. Yes, I have noticed that on <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I had to oh, write them an funny. email to be like, hey, listen, we're two different people. <laughs> I think now that now it seems
1: like they have separated us, but it took a couple of emails. <laughs> people do seem to get it, yeah. 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 I also haven't reviewed a movie in a long time, which has probably helped. That, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, go back far enough. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: thanks, you guys, for coming out and uh and talking oh, of man. course my pleasure yeah this absolutely was a really fun uh, yeah. fun hour we, we, gotta, we, we got mentioned no, what at least two movies on this show sure <laughs> <did. Yeah. laughs> I think we had some very a good a couple or
2: even in theaters now right <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so uh real quick uh you can find uh me at battleshippretention.com. usually I do a like what's on the on, on the website this week I got uh away, it got away from me plus uh, this weekend man uh i didn't like ingrid goes west you can read my, read my review and i really didn't like the only living boy in new york you can read my review of both of those at the website <laughs> if you want uh you can email me at david at battleship pretension.com tyler's at tyler tyler at battleship pretension.com uh i'm on twitter at davy pretension tyler's at tyler pretension uh where can we find you guys on the uh, on the internet uh should we start alph- alphabetically <laughs> sure
1: Uh, Uh, I I am yeah I am uh, I'm at Kyle AEW on Twitter Uh, you can hear me uh, every weekday uh, 7 in the east 4 Pacific on Entertainment Weekly Radio the show is called LA Daily I also host uh, weekend mornings on All Nation Channel 36 and uh, every Thursday Superhero Insider 2 East 11 a.m. West uh, where we talk about uh, comic book nonsense on Entertainment Weekly Radio fantastic yeah Uh, Nerdist Kyle. Um, Yeah, you can find
2: me on Twitter at functional nerd. You can find um, my constant writings uh, on nerdist.com. I'm also on, uh, we, we do a a daily kind of like news breakdown show called nerdist news talks back, which I'm on at least a couple times a week. And that's at 1 PM Pacific on your YouTube. Um, or on nerds.com and, uh, and I do a couple of podcasts, one here on this network called, uh, the classic horror cast yeah. and another one called Dr. Who, the writer's room about the writing of Dr. Who, because I like you like <laughs> to break down. <laughs> what is my favorite writer on a show? I like, yeah. um, yeah.
0: Well, thanks you guys again for coming. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you and home for listening and we'll get you next time.